Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 18. Welcome. My name is Scroobius Pip. Thank you for tuning in. Um, yeah, thank you for downloading. This week we've got Rufus Hound, a wonderful guest. We have a really good chat. Um, before I get into that, I should do the uh, the sponsors bit. Please don't just fast fast forward this. It doesn't take long, you know. It's not taking much time. And one of the sponsors is Speech Development Records, which is my record label. So if you've heard of me, then that should be one that you're kind of familiar with or want to support. Um, you can follow us on facebook.com slash speech development records or on Twitter at speech dev rex or on Instagram at speech dev rex or go to speech development records.com. We've got loads of merch there um, t shirts, albums, live DVDs, vinyl. We've got mugs. We sell mugs with my beard on it. How good's that? Um, yeah, everything you buy there kind of goes in some way to support in keeping this podcast free. So, Please go and support us at Speech Development Records. We are also brought to you by Onit.com, which is a human optimizational website. Um, I like a, a lot of their stuff. I'm, I'm jealous of the the fitness stuff they've got that I can't really get over here, but I'm looking into to ways and means. But they also do a lot of, um, of supplements, and that may be fitness, it may be uh, health, um, mental um, activation, I guess, as well. They've got one called Alpha Brain, which I used when having to learn a song backwards for the video of you will see me um so check them out and you get 10 percent off for being a distraction pieces listener if you go to onit.com slash scroobius pip that's o-n-n-i-t.com slash s-c-r-o-o-b-i-u-s-p-r-p so yeah if you do that you're supporting the podcast and keeping it free but aside from all of that we've got a great guest this week um it was wonderful to talk to mr rufus hound i was delighted with how free it flowed um I don't want to give anything away, but from the first question, you'll see that I didn't really know how this one would go for the very reason that is explained in the first question. But it flew by and we overran and had a wonderful conversation. He's a a great guy, great speaker and got a lot of great thoughts on a lot of things. So I'm going to be back at the end. I've got a very exciting announcement at the end for next week's guest which you will enjoy very much i promise you because it's one that someone that a lot of people have been asking for so stick around till the end but for now this is distraction pieces podcast episode 18 with rufus hound And we've literally begun. That literally. was it. How, how exciting was that? That was quite a quite a build up. It was so the beginning was so yeah. lovely. Yeah. That I almost feel like it's the end. I mean, that's it. I'll give some 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 backstory here. We've sat in silence, staring into each other's eyes for thirty minutes. Yeah. Um, but you didn't know it would be thirty minutes. I had a number in mind. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was well. That was the joy of it. Was. Yeah. The number of times your eyes widened, and I was like, "Oh right, oh, well, now we're going to start." Going to start, yeah. And then you just sit I just back had down thought. again. I just had a thought. That's all it was. Mm. So yeah, I'm I'm here with Rufus Hound. Thank you very much for joining me well, on this on, the, me. on this cold cold day. Um, this will go out in February. Um, I've got tons of things I want to talk to you about and ask you about. All right. But the first one, um, I'm hoping you'll enjoy because I was deciding <laughs> what to discuss and what to do. And I was, yeah. I was going over my knowledge of your stuff and then, you know, doing a bit of research. And the first question that's come to mind is, 
What are you? What, yeah. What? 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 what, what well, that's what why is I'm it? here. I was hoping you would tell me. Because, <laughs> because I've, I've kind of, I've, I've known you. Um, from a lot of comedy panel shows and from yep. from seeing you about at festivals and from some stand up and then um I caught you in 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 in, in one man uh, two governors and absolutely was blown away so but it's kind of there's such a mixture there I used to watch and love celebrity juice. Yeah. Um, I've talked about it in the past, and people have have mixed reactions because it's normally people who don't watch it that have mixed reactions because they assume it's some kind or of heat type it show. In the or... first three years, right? Like the first three series of that were very different. Like once yeah. it bedded in, once it once it kind of understood what it was, it was a lot. It, it's still filthy, and it is yeah. still like so childish. Yeah, but it it sort of. In, in the way that you can have a mate who is like always the one saying the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, But exactly. then they grow into themselves and they still say the wrong thing, but everyone's sort of cool with it's, it. It's quite interesting. It's a very, yeah. The difference I saw, uh, we had Stuart Lee on the podcast a while ago, and I saw an article he wrote about how completely different um, Keith Lemon on Celebrity Juices to Dapper Laughs, who oh. Dapper Laughs got all the all the grit for the, the appalling things he said. And Stuart Lee's d- d- description was, Keith Lemon is clearly doing a character that is meant to be... And, you know, e- even then he doesn't say things as offensive. Whereas Dapper Laughs, who, who later claimed it was a character, it was still meant to be a very much, look, I'm one of you. This yeah. is how we can be. Whereas no one watches Keith Lemon and goes, I want to be like that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I mean... Um, I'm I'm about to say something, and I just want to stem any notion of its interpretation yep. before. So what I was going to say was, if you really want to know about Keith Lemon, talk to Lee, yeah. right? Which, when I say it, sounds like I'm saying, hey, I don't, I'm not here to talk about that guy, yeah, I want yeah, to talk about yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally happy to talk about yeah, Keith yeah. Lemon. But what I really mean is, if you want to know the ins and outs of that, yeah. then I'm, I am I don't think I'm the best person yeah, to tell yeah, you about it. Course. But from having worked that closely with it, I'm totally happy to talk to yeah, you about it. Yeah. And that is... That Keith Lemon, so Lee Francis as a comedian, yeah. and if he ends up listening to this or people point him at this podcast, I would say now as a disclaimer, Lee, uh, Scroob, loveliest man in the world, you should come and do this yes, conversation come in, yourself. Come in. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, I'm not talking on your behalf, yeah. but but he he, you know, Lee had had this huge, huge show in the shape of Bo Selector, yeah, and kept that like totally unsold out you've got to remember how yeah. big that thing was yeah, yeah, at that yeah, yeah, period yeah. where DVDs just started coming out he yeah. was suddenly shifting a ton of DVDs yeah. and you know then he gets the bear's tail and all of that but the Bo Selector you know he was flying around the world yeah. doing stuff it was huge and all he ever did was do that show and sell that show which is as as, as much integrity as you can really have if you work yeah. in TV comedy yeah. People said to him, you know, well, we'd love to do a range of masks. We want to, you know, we want to yeah. get in on that. And he had this, you know, vision of all these stag dudes walking around going, Craig, David. Yeah. And he was like, no, you're all right. Not doing it. Not doing it. This is yeah. my thing. You know, you keep your distance kind of thing. Yeah, no, and I then, love that. And then the bear's tail came out and then it all kind of just went a bit quieter. Yeah. And I think he essentially thought, well, I don't know what I'd do next. And he started to question how much of that he should have sold. Like, if that was my one roll of the dice, yeah. should I have just instead been like, take um, the masks, take the thing, I'll do anything, you know, we'll do the T-shirts, we'll do all of so that. There's so much of that. I, th- I think it's one of the most dangerous things when the, thir- the first thing you do in a career 
or one of the first things you do gets huge because um, it's going to hurt people to hear any of us say this now, but you have unrealistic artistic integrity. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, yeah. A, a, a little bit down the line, you're suddenly like, it doesn't actually, or this particular thing doesn't matter that much. It no. wouldn't have been a big deal. It would have made a big difference, and not in a greedy way, but to what I would have wanted to do next or what I could create with that money or with this and with that. Yeah. And I think when you're starting off, because I had, I had a um, an advertising offer in really early on, and I was like, no, I can't do it. Um, and then they told me how much they were offering. I'm, I'm living at my mum's house at this yeah. point, and I was like, well, I mean, it sounds like a nice idea. And completely, <laughs> I, I learned, re- and they ended up going with Samuel L. Jackson, bizarrely. That right. was that was the choose between. <laughs> but that was kind of, I felt that was really beneficial for me, because it told me really early on that my morals and my artistic integrity do have a price yeah and no, 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 no matter how much i want to think i'm this the reality is when i'm living at home in my mum's house i could say no as soon as they said a number that was over 100 grand it happened to be at that point yeah. it's like right that's that turns out that's my price which then makes you less precious over such things it's like does it sound like fun is it gonna fuel other creativity do you know Let's the look. um the anecdote about winston churchill where he says uh, to like lady such and such uh, madam, would you sleep with me for a million pounds? And she says, why, Mr Churchill, of course, for a million pounds, I'd be a fool to say no. And he says, fine, then I demand you sleep with me for a pound. She says, Mr Churchill, I've never been so insulted. What do you take me for? He says, we've already established what you are, madam. Now we're just negotiating a price. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, And yeah, it's, yeah. that is is pretty much that battle between yeah. art and commerce. It really is. So I'm in a very... I. I I wasn't actually offered the ad campaign at all, but I was asked, would I consider an ad campaign? You know, and I'm on Twitter banging away about corporations need to pay their taxes and all this kind of thing. And then it was for, it wasn't for an insurer. I couldn't have done it if it had been an insurer. I couldn't have done it if it was Wonga.com. I wanted to get offered a fuck ton of money to be um, uh, like the face of cash converters. Yeah. I was like, what no, face. that's... <laughs> yeah, this is the face of a lost gold ring. Um, um, so I, I've, I have turned down those things. So yeah. that's why I like... Like, there are some things where I would rather have the integrity than the money. Yeah. I, I, but I just there's think it's a point not as black at which, and white as it once was. No, no, and there is another point at which you go, well... It's not like these people are killing kittens. Yeah. You know, oh, it's a website. And if you go to that website, that could actually save people money on yeah. their car insurance. Yeah. Well, What's that's not a bad that? thing, is it? Because that's, in a way, I suppose, that's sort of I, helping I people. The only reason I'm thinking that is because I'm trying to work out whether it's okay to, yeah. to just take the money. I, I had someone try and... Someone thought that I was taking sponsorships on my Instagram uh, oh, nice. feed. <laughs> and they were like, I've noticed that a lot recently it's just advertising and I'm sure you're making good money for it. And I was like, I looked through and I was like, the main one he had issue was with was after after Christmas, on Boxing Day and the two, three days after that, I didn't really leave my house. And the only real good delivery near me is Domino's. Right. And after like three days of everyone being Christmas family, I posted a picture of a pile like a few foot high of Domino's box. Yeah. And I was like, right. Which is a reference to your own slovenly nature. Yeah, it's what I've done. It's not, and it, it, it suddenly made me think, shit, that cost me. Yeah. I should have sold my soul and, and, and been paid by Domino's. To, and even if they'd just given me the pizzas for free, I would have made a good, you yeah. know, I would have balanced things out. But the reality half the time is, if someone approaches you to advertise something and it's something that you regularly use, yeah. it's a really weird one. It's a really weird a quandary it's like well, well the man most often quoted about the uh 
grey area between, well, not even the grey area, that's sort of the point, that it's hard black and white between are you an artist or are you a salesman, is Bill Hicks. Yeah. You know, if you work in advertising, kill yourself. Yeah, that's yeah. how hard he is. Um, and obviously, he was much bigger over here than he ever was in America. Yeah. The, I've now read enough biographies and books about Hicks that his friends were saying that was really much more borne out of the fact that Jay Leno, who at the absolute height of his fame, who was making millions and millions of dollars a year, yeah. I say at the height of his fame, obviously he went on to have the yeah, Tonight yeah, Show, yeah, so it wasn't yeah. at the height of his fame by any stretch. But, you know, as he was like broken through and he was earning all this money, he then did this huge Cheetos campaign and was like the face of Cheetos. Yeah. yeah. And Hicks's fury was... Like, you're meant to be a comic. You're meant to be one of the good guys. You don't need the money, and yet you're still telling Americans, hey, here's what you need. Overly salted, corn-based, deep-fried, you know, throw them down you. And that was where that anger came from. And Hicks supposedly had said to his friend, uh, because Hicks had psoriasis, uh, and there was an aloe vera gel that he used all the time. I found it was the only thing that helped him. And he said to his mate, you know, if these people ever said to me, do you want to come and advertise aloe vera gel? I'd do that. that. I'd totally do that. Yeah. So that, to me, then became the line. Because I used to love love that as well. And I was completely drawn in by Hicks's, you're choking on the the devil's dick and everything. And and Satan's cock. And all this. And I was completely (laughs) drawn in by that. And I remember when Iggy Pop first started doing uh, insurance or something advert and I was, I was furious and disgusted but I think times even in the times since Iggy and now let alone f- since Hicks saying that and yeah. now I think the times have changed hugely I think uh, we live in a society where I mean I, I try not to discuss it online too much because I have my opinions because of the industry I mean people feel entitled to have a lot of stuff for free Right. And not pay for it. They feel it's a free um, system where I can have music for free, I can have comedy for free, I can have film for free. If that's the case, I don't think you can then impose your own um, moral guides on how those people earn the money that you've stopped yes. giving to them. It's like, I would have loved to have earned all my money from you, yeah. sir. Thank you very much, but yeah, yeah. you stopped giving me money. So yeah. now I'm earning it from these big evil people because <laughs> I need to keep doing this. And I think it's changed hugely. I think it's a... But it's just such a tough subject because so many people are so opinionated on it. And I, again, I don't think it's, it's it's black and white. There's a lot of advertising that I obviously wouldn't go in. I've never th- personally done any adverts, but it's a lot of people think it's a moral thing. It's not. I no. just haven't thought about it enough. Well, if something came in that was good and it paid enough, I mean, yeah, cool. Yeah. Stuart Lee um, is pretty open about, like, yeah. you know, people say, oh, Stuart Lee doesn't even do corporates. You ask him, he's like, I would do them. Yeah, I would do them. It's just that me. what I do <laughs> does not translate to those environments I, at all. I mean, we're just praising a previous guest on the podcast now, but I always loved on one of Stuart Lee's bit because particularly for his kind of fan base as well, everyone adores Hicks, and he, he used to have a bit in his set where he'd just just say how much he hates Hicks because he's like, I mean, he had the audacity and greed to go and die. You know, he had to do write maybe three hours of good material <laughs> while the rest of us have to say and every year come up with a new hour a yeah. new a fresh hour that's still good and still on point it's like it's a brilliant point yeah. it's like Hicks, yeah. Hicks lucked out there he's yeah. like he did his oh, three yeah. hours you'll never get luckier than fatal pancreatic cancer exactly, exactly. <laughs> what more can you ask for but where I don't know where we've gone completely well we were on, on, on Celebrity Juice regardless oh, celebrity juice. regardless of the confusion of yeah no so the character of uh, Keith Lemon yeah. Yeah, I mean, this does. Uh, this is on, still on message. Brilliant. Don't worry. <laughs> but 
I know that Lee thought like, well, the next thing I want to do, I want to do a guy who's already sold out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. if the character is already sold out, basically the living embodiment of Nuts magazine. Yeah. It, it's essentially a if if a baby was brought into the world and told that Nuts magazine was normal, yeah. was like the the normal, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean, mental yeah. process, then this is what he grew up to be, and it would be as much about tits as it would be about buying this or yeah. wearing that or looking or being at that party or being around yeah. celebs, yeah, 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 and yeah. just the fact that fame in and of itself is excellent and yeah. it doesn't it's not based on anything yeah. fame has no moral code it yeah, doesn't yeah, matter yeah, if you yeah, can yeah. stand next to you know loose women or brad pitt it doesn't matter they're yeah. the same thing it's just fame fame is all it's about yeah and and therefore the actor the genuine extension of that character becomes if pot noodles say to him we want you to do some online films he's like that doesn't get in the way at all of Art- keith of, lemon of the artistic as long as i can write drawn, them yeah. That character is absolutely the guy that would put on a pot noodle costume, walk down the high street yeah. saying, eat a pot noodle. I love it. Um, the hooch, the lemon thing, yeah. you know, they've brought that back. I'm pretty sure they brought that back just because they went, well, if we can get Keith Lemon yeah. and it's a lemon drink <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. for that demographic, That's I don't logical. think they'd have brought it back at all yeah. were it not for him. Yeah. So... But the character is already sold out, so it actually becomes incredibly meta and an extension yeah. of the th- of the culture that is sort of it revels in it, and it doesn't really undermine it. But at the point it becomes like so meta, it can't help but undermine yeah. it because it's not a real person. And it's the beauty. I think that's that's a, a, a gold, or that any artist revels in in that respect. If you can write a character that kind of feeds off itself in 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 that manner I, yeah. i've 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 i'm i'm, I'm finishing up editing a, a, a film a friend of mine um, uh, me and a friend of mine made and a simple thing on there was the the, the the reason it was easy to make our abilities was the first thing i wrote was that me and him are amateur filmmakers yeah that meant everything that was shit was fine <laughs> and, and, and so much yeah. of the stuff changed and plans changed he's like oh we've not actually got the kit to be able to do that so it's like turn the camera on I'll explain that we've not got the kit to be able to so you could just completely adapt everything to fit that and that's the beauty of a character like that who's already sold out can go well that's that's the art that that now is the art yeah Um, but Keith Lemon aside what I loved about your role on it and what I was jealous of and and there's some questions as well was it seemed that you had the wonderful role of getting to obviously it looked incredibly fun and enjoyable yeah Drunk, b- b- basically. I was going to say, but also <laughs> in 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 a comedic way, you'd often get to speak quite frankly to people that are kind of a lot of your airhead celebrities and a, a reality star shows and things like, that, and be able to kind of say what a lot of the nation were thinking and yeah. be not be rude. Yes, be rude to them at points. And kind of <laughs> kind of cut them down, but in a friendly and jokey manner. And that seemed like surely that was a whole lot of fun to go, oh great, I've got Peter Andre this week. What can I say to Peter? Yeah, <laughs> what yeah. can I get off my chest? I I, I never <laughs> I, well, no, I very, very rarely went into any of those things thinking, yeah. I want to dig this person this out. Yeah. But there were obviously people who came on that I was just like, you are the fucking death of civilization. Yeah, yeah. And if you, if you give me half a window where I can strike in a bit, then I will. Yeah. We had Sally Morgan on, you know, the psychic Sally. Yes, yes, who yes. Since 
since has been on, you know, people have been at her shows and found people with earpieces in yeah. dark rooms and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. Well, so- Simon S- Singh, who's a previous guest on this, has been having some big, big, battles with her over um, people he knew going and flying outside of shows to show expose some of that and getting threatened and physically attacked and I'm sure if it's not Psychic Sally I apologise but you should have seen this coming Um, I I, I, I think it was but yeah Um, no well that's it so you know when she says, uh, oh, I don't think it will last, you're like, what do you mean you don't think it will last? Yeah. Surely you know. You know if it will last. You know, yeah. and it's, all of, it's all of that sort of... And the, the, the slight sadness for me was when TOWIE first launched, that was on ITV2, yeah. and they were trailing that pretty heavily during Juice, because Juice was basically the scaffolding on the whole of ITV2. Yeah. Whatever that channel was yeah, doing, yeah. you had to get it in and around yeah. Juice because it was all that cross-promo stuff. Yeah. And the first week Towie went out, I watched all of, like, ten minutes of it, turned it off and was like, this is unwatchable <laughs> bullshit. This is, you know... Yeah. And then went in the next week and uh, we were talking about it. I was like, so, you know, they've been trailing it endlessly throughout our show. It finally went on. Did anyone watch it? And they're like, yeah, yeah, God, it was fucking awful, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. Yeah, yeah. So... I'm assuming they're already booked, are they? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, no, no, we've talked to the channel already. The channel have said they want these people to like not be celebrities. They're not going to be, right. you know, talked about and whatever. Obviously, within six months, they're at every premiere. Yeah. They're, at, you know, the opening of an envelope. And and obviously, the next series, it was first week was Amy Charles, second week was Mark Wright, third week was the next one, fourth week was the next one. Yeah. And those are the cats that... You know, it's not like I ever sat down and went like, I'm going to really have a pop at these people. But, but it's just, if you're going to exist without your own context, mm. you should be sitting there going, I've got no idea why I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, but they wouldn't, they'd sit down like the big I am. Yeah. And, and, and equally, just... we would have people on it who were incredibly accomplished, like, you know, had loads of albums out, yeah. done very well, yeah, yeah, sold yeah, their yeah, own yeah. tours, who'd sit down with immense humility. Yeah. And yeah. you'd be like, see? That's how it should be. Because what... you achieve yeah. and then you remain humble, not you've done nothing and you think you're yeah. amazing. Yeah. Was there anyone that springs to mind that you were um, annoyed to really like and get on with it's, it's things mind for me i had i've i've got I've, I've discussed this before in the past and i'm i'm dealing with it i'm against all kind of prejudices but i naturally <laughs> often have a prejudice prejudice against really posh people it's a right. natural thing as soon as it, there's a, a, a level that high level of poshness i'm like i ain't got time for it and i was on a tv show with a, a jack whitehall once and i think originally oh, right. it was going to be danny dyer and then it, and i was like yes and then it switched <laughs> to jack white i was like oh that posh guy i'm not into him yeah one of the nicest guys I've ever met. I've yeah. since watched a lot of his, and he's absolutely, I now am his biggest fan. So right. it was one of the things I was like, damn, I really wanted to dislike you, but yeah. you're really good. You're funny. You're friendly. You're, you're lovely. And I'd imagine in that situation with a lot of kind of r- 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 reality show types, or more just people who, who come under the bracket of c- celebrity yeah. as their main thing, yeah. rather than as a, a side thing, as their main thing, you, there's going to be a lot where you'll expect them to be a nightmare, but yeah, some are kind of pleasant. I think um, I I used to have a lot of material about Westlife and how much I hated them yeah. because essentially I was 26, you know, 25, 24. Yeah. So they, to me, were like the antithesis of everything that music stands yeah. for. 
music is you know this sort of thing that comes from somewhere you yeah. write it it's yours even if you didn't write it you perform it because that song resonates with you and you need to kind of pour your heart and soul out through mm. those words through those tunes and Westlife were like the opposite of that it was the most cynically put together yeah. what's the you know just find me some song that's fi- that sold five million copies lovely that's the one you're doing next and your whole album is just that yeah you know it was and and sold to girls as being like a hey, the old Irish lads, the old blue-eyed yeah, Irish lads. Nothing to do. It was just like, yeah. ha, feel. We'll tell you what to feel. We'll tell you what you should like, yeah. and then you're just going to pay us, and we're going to whip you into a frenzy, and we're going to keep you on a tight leash in terms of the overall fandom. Yeah. And all we're doing is just harvesting cash. It, it's not about anything real. It's the most cynical end of the yeah, music industry. Yeah, completely. So I had a, uh, I had a whole routine. Um, which was about finding a newspaper on a train, and it was um, Mark, the tall one, had come out, um, and it said, the headline was, I'm gay, but I'm proud of who I am. And I'd say, let's just get something perfectly clear here. I don't give a shit whether you're gay, straight, rich, poor, black, white, it doesn't matter. But if you're in Westlife, what fucking business have you got being proud? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, you know, and then it just went on and on and on from there. If your job has mainly for the last five years been sitting on a stool, getting off the stool, sitting on a stool, getting off the yeah. stool with Louis Walsh's <laughs> cock in your mouth, that's not somebody who should experience the feelings of, you know, a job well done. Um, and then I met Westlife and you know, four more down to earth, decent guys who were like, oh, God, yeah, you know, like whatever we're told to do, we just do it. You know, Louis's really the one making all the money, but what yeah. else can we do? We don't have yeah. anything else. It's like literally either this or we just sit at home, yeah. you know. I was like, oh, right. Yeah, uh, I, I suppose so, yeah. yeah. I guess so. Nice guy. Um, uh, one of the hardest realisations I had in, in life was that not everyone is that into music. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, and it was. It came from someone <laughs> using the term. I think it was when James Blunt and Dido were, were the two biggest albums of of a particular year. Yeah. And someone just said, "It's music for people who aren't into music." Yeah. And that sounds like an insult, but it's also okay. It's just when you're someone who's grown up with such a passion for music and falling absolutely in love with it, you can't imagine that anyone doesn't have that. No. But there are people that aren't and just want something in the background <laughs> or just, just want something there that's nice and pleasant and yeah. that's what a Westlife and Blunt and and, and the, the sad the fact is between... it seems to be they're the majority because if yeah. they're the biggest selling things then that's that's what the people yeah, yeah the majority of people just aren't that into music but that's the difference <laughs> between music and product yeah yeah you know and that's it's, I think what the disconnect that hurts me yeah. is that music and product from a distance, look like the same thing. Yep. But one is the contorted bastard offspring. Yeah, completely. Of of something that actually is powerful and meaningful. Yeah. And there are so few things in life that are powerful and meaningful that to have the other version of it. Yeah. Do better. Yeah. Than the real version yeah, of yeah, it. I guess so. Is really. I think uh, the the key is making that. Uh, this connection and being kind of comfortable with it. Because, again, a lot of people assume, always think I I, I will hate X Factor. Yeah. I've got no issue with X Factor because I don't see it as anything to, 
to do with music. It's a TV show. It's <laughs> yeah. entertainment. Um, yeah. I think, in, in in fact, I've said this a few times, but in fact, I've got a huge amount of respect for it because as a product, as you said there, it's one of the most amazing pieces of product ever That's because true. the people who love it will uh, watch it and rave about it. The people who hate it will also watch it and rave angrily about it. That they're still getting the viewing figures. They're yeah. still getting the trend. Into, they're still getting everything. It's like, that's a master. There's there's few products out there that if you you, you you love it, you buy it. And if you hate it, you still buy it, but yeah. you're very angry about buying it. <laughs> it's like, that's that's masterful in yeah. my mind. I've, I've got to respect that. But that's exactly what, I mean, I did exactly the same journey, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Is that the older I got, I was like, oh, I see. I can still love the X Factor because I can love that basically it takes the every hope and dream and aspiration <laughs> of some idiot. Yeah, yeah. and it just holds them underwater until yeah. they don't know where they are anymore and then these other people who sit around saying whether they like them or not yeah. literally just count all the money yeah and once you know that that's what it is fine yeah that I, can, is... I can still enjoy that that's yeah. what it is yeah completely but i've i i have never bought an album from anybody on the X Factor no, no. bought a couple Never of singles buy. to support the people who I thought were quite nice yeah yeah yeah, yeah you yeah, know yeah, but yeah, yeah. never bought the albums it's a strange strange world in 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 that respect so um you mentioned um when we were talking about advertising that on 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 Twitter you, you talk quite politically at points and socially how did you find cuz your stand up this um this the special I saw um there was, is only one. Was that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and how, how did you find people a, a react to that? Because I feel that Celebrity Juice obviously wasn't the first thing you'd done, but it was certainly something that really brought you to a far wider audience. I then went to your stand-up not knowing what to expect and was surprised that it's quite political at points, it's quite social, it's quite... There's a lot of views. How did you find that with the, the fan base? That, that I'm not saying the fan base you'd built aren't comfortable with that because I said I was comfortable with that switch but it is a switch it's yeah. not you if you've if you've grown to love Rufus Hound on on this in this scenario yeah it's a different it's a different thing so how how did you find that and did you ever feel that you should make any concessions and 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 changes in in that respect um so when I got juice I was offered three dvd deals wow um and one for a hundred thousand, another yeah. for a hundred and twenty thousand, and one for twenty thousand. Yeah. And the ones in six figures um were both like we already roll out massive comedy DVDs. Yeah. Um so we know what works. We know the uh what format this has got to happen. Basically yeah. we're gonna find a three thousand seat a theatre, you're gonna put on a suit. We're going to work out what material you're going to do. We'll have a deadline. And then that's Fine. what you're going to go and do. Yeah. And then Comedy Central turned up and went, yeah, we haven't got that money. But we will put a DVD out for you. Uh, we can give you 20 grand. And that's probably all the money you'll ever make off it. Yeah. But you can do whatever you, you want, do it film proper, it wherever yeah. you want, and that be that. And so that was the one that I went with. It's scary. The, the, uh, I mean, obviously, I'd imagine, yeah, it, w- it would be... S- since then, Louis C.K. was the first to kind of take the power back in many ways. But it's scary how people don't realise how much control those big DVD yeah. manufacturers have. I'd imagine it will die down slightly now DVD is dying a bit. But it was amazing. I had a mate who worked for one of them. Um, 
and it was amazing to hear that he'd be sitting there in say November of this year, and they will know what the big DVD is for no for, for Christmas next year. Yeah, and they will have. You, you may not have heard of them yet, but in the next year they're going to be on eight out of ten cats a few times. Yeah. They're going to be on on mock the week, and it's that kind of planned out and structured that the general public don't really have a say in what they find f- f- funny. You're going to be told, similar to X Factor and similar to, to Westlife, as you were saying there, yeah. you're going to be told what is funny and you're all going to go along with it. And if you don't, you're going to feel a, a left out of the water cooler or at yeah. work because you're not going to n- know the right jokes. And it's frightening how a manufactured and controlled thing that is. So did that come into it when you're thinking, right, fuck that. I want to, yeah. I'd, I'd rather do what I do. And, yeah. Um, Not be partly, uh, yeah. Um, so it, it's actually pretty straightforward that the the DVD sales. I mean, you you work in the music industry, yeah. so you'll know. Like, oh, well, actually, if you look at this, this, and this, then it'll equal that. Yeah. With with stand up, it's actually a fairly straightforward thing, um, which is how many tickets did you sell live? And it will be ranked in almost exactly the same order when the right. DVDs come out. Yeah, uh, yeah you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Peter Kay, Lee Evans, both playing. You know, two weeks at the O2. Michael McIntyre, two weeks at the O2. Little Britain, two weeks at the O2. Well, they all release their DVDs yeah. at Christmas, and the reason they all come out at Christmas is whoever went to see them in concert goes. You remember on Facebook you said you loved Little Britain? Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah, open yeah, it up yeah, yeah, and there's yeah. your Little Britain yeah. DVD. So Easy, right? it's it's a gift. It's at the right price point. You know, it's like 15 yeah. quid. It's like extended family kind of money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's your thing. Bang, there you go. And that's why they all come out when they come out. It's because yeah. it's, it's an easy gift for and, someone uh, who knows you a little bit. And don't get me wrong, you. I think comedy and comedy DVDs or specials in general are one of the best gifts that you can get. And one of my, my <laughs> like I generally for years, I, I knew that, and it's changed now that everything is so accessible, but, but for years from Christmas, I'd always get a stand-up DVD from my brother and it'd generally be something I've not heard of. Oh, lovely. And that was the gift I'd look f- forward to the most. It's only a 10 or 15 quid, but I'd look forward to most. It's like, um, I remember the year that, that blew me away the most was a, a Reese Derby because I hadn't heard of him oh, at yeah. all. I didn't really. I watched a bit of Flight of Concords. I didn't really know him specifically. His stand-up is some of the best stand I've ever seen. So to put stuff like that on and have that amazement, I think yeah. it's a great thing. Obviously, it's then completely different to you know oh, what Little Britain is or Michael McIntyre or something yeah, yeah. so forth. But still, but then it's um, so where people where your extended family who are like, oh, Christ, what do we get, John? Yeah, what do we do? You know, like, what does John like? You know, they don't really know. And it's yeah. like, oh, they went to see so, so it lodges yeah. in the memory a bit. So, so those <laughs> people all buy their Christmas presents at the supermarket. Yeah. So it's not only if you've got to um, get your DVD out, but you've got to get your DVD out and get it in the supermarket. At the right price. That's it. So when my DVD on. sold, there was a big sticker on it saying, you know, as seen on Celebrity Juice, because... You were just hoping that as the people were scanning across the yeah, shelf, they went, yeah. oh, he loves Celebrity, he loves Celebrity Juice. Juice. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's not people going like, I can't wait for Rufus Hound's DVD. Yeah. It's other people going, oh, I remember that that's they really like that thing. That that's, yeah, it's that, that slightly detached thing in that yeah. in that manner. It's, it's Yeah, it's, it's one journey along. So the big DVD distributors who'd offered me loads of money, they then go to the supermarkets. You will shift... 100,000, well, you know, 50,000 across yeah. X number of stores, copies of Michael McIntyre. 
we can either give you that and you'll make the profit on that. But if we give you that, you've got to take this many Russell Kane DVDs right, and this right, many Mickey right, Flanagan right. DVDs yeah. and this many Jimmy Carr DVDs. And, you know, still not... I'm I'm saying that like, oh, those are the pound shop comics. No, yeah, far, far yeah, from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you get there and then other people go, oh, well, I think he actually already said he had the Michael McIntyre yeah, DVD. Yeah, so it's oh, well, he learning. likes that Mickey Flanagan. Lovely, you know. Yeah. So... Um, so that's how all of that sort of sells through. The long mm. and the short of it being that having done a deal based on you can do whatever you want, I just went and did whatever I want and was really supported by Comedy Central yeah. in doing that. Yeah. They didn't they never asked me to do anything other than that. That's fantastic. It was fantastic. Um but as a result, because I was doing more TV than I was doing anything else, if I'd have known then what I know now, mm. I'd have sat me down in a room and go, mate, there is absolutely no point in you putting a DVD out unless you're going to tour first. Right. You've got to do one small yeah. scale tour that's really good, yeah. right, a second tour that's better, and ideally a third tour that's better again. Yeah. And you can sell the first show on DVD when you're touring the second show. Yeah. Yeah, you tour yeah, the yeah, second yeah, show yeah, yeah. as you're doing the third one, yeah. and then by the third one, you'll be playing the bigger venues because it's all grown, grown word of mouth, yeah. and that basically that is your life for the next three years. That is yeah. your work schedule. So you better be getting ready to write these jokes because that is what your life yeah. is. Touring, dates, touring, and selling again, the DVD. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the logical way to do it outside of the mass... Um, the mass... Di- 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 distribution houses yeah. it's, it's the way it's going right well you are going to be in a room with your audience obviously yeah. literally so they should have stuff that you that they can buy then rather yeah. than going right how do we how do we get this out to them it's like yeah. well, you've gone just up the road from them and they then they came to they, they, they literally came to see you you don't have to hunt them out they yeah. came so yeah, yeah. They may as well have signs above their heads going we dig what you do yeah, yeah. and have money yeah yeah exactly so <laughs> yeah. yeah that's it's a logical a route, but obviously that didn't like you know that now. Yeah, now I know that you know because we weren't with the big distributors, we weren't going to get in the supermarkets. We got in, I think like I got a breakdown, I got sent a print out or something. We yeah. were like in fifteen branches of ASDA, yeah, and wow. that was as far that's as the, it, that's the thing, you know. Yeah. Um, I remember when my a book came out and um, I got my first check for the amount because you get paid each time it comes out of a library, but it's really really nominal and it was like it'd been out a year and I got my first check through and it had everything there every, like a huge breakdown and at the end it just said zero 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 it's like <laughs> why, why have you bothered showing me it's like you've not earned enough to be to, to be a penny yet yeah. it's like but you've sent me this big print out say here yeah. you go yeah. here's, here's how it's been going it's like, well you can just write to each guys. of those people like <laughs> you know, personal like, cheers really guys really hope you enjoyed the book yeah <laughs> cost yeah. you more in stamps than you made yeah, in there exactly <laughs> but yeah that's a kind of that's a thing you, you get with these things is the breakdowns of here's what yeah here's what yeah. worked here's what didn't work I, I, I genuinely can tell you that I've never done the things that I've loved I've never done for money I've done yeah. them because I love them but the flip side of that is that you then end up doing other things that you don't really want to do for the money yeah. because it's doing the other things for the money that pay for you to then choose what you want to do the other stuff yeah. for if yeah, that makes yeah, you know, yeah. a bit of a contorted Complete, way of saying no, that but. completely I always explain to everyone that I have one account and it's it's my record label account. Everything right. I do goes into that. So if you're pissed off at anything I've done for money, know that that has paid for 
the B Dolan album that's out next year or this or that. Yeah. There's not. I don't have a separate account where I go. Oh, they yeah. gave me a good amount. I'm going to buy a fucking you know yeah. treats with this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of it goes into that account and that's kind of it all. It all f- feeds onto everything else. Yeah. Um, but speaking of doing of just doing things you love, then I want to talk about the transition into theatre and, and how that came about. Because I came along to uh, to one man two governors, and I'd, I honestly didn't know what to expect. Um, it had previously been James Corden, who at the time, again, I've no idea. I'm sure James is a lovely guy, but there was that period where he was so overexposed. Yeah, I saw the posters for that show and thought, "Fuck that show!" I don't, you know, <laughs> in you know, in and foolishly because just after Gavin and Stacey, yeah, and it was, he was so it. huge and so oversaturated that I saw that and yeah, thought, you know, whatever. Um, but came along with my brother and was blown away and absolutely loved it as a show as the way it's put together as the again I would, I want to say the freedom that you had to express and ad lib bits but I also know from doing uh, the fringe and stuff like that that you can give a great in, um, impression of, of freedom and ad lib that's actually a very well polished and, yeah. <laughs> and practised scripting so whatever it in fact was i thought it worked beautifully and was was blown away by so how how did that come about and is it something you've always wanted to do or had a history and or what was the deal there i am from the age of about two to the age of 16 i could have told you i was going to be an actor i knew that right that was absolutely taken as read and then after my gcse's went to uh Sixth Form College and did theatre studies and had a teacher who was a failed actor who was basically like, no point, 80% of people who go to drama school never get a job. Yeah, of right. the other 20%, 80% of that remaining 20% aren't in the industry within yeah. five years. You know, the odds of actually ever earning a living at it are pretty much tiny. And frankly... Perfect teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And frankly, uh, you know, you, I don't think you're really that much cop. So yeah. you'll be one of the... You know, one of the ones that doesn't make it. Yeah. And I was like, right. I mean, I th- I don't like you, and I think you're wrong, but I'm now 17, and I can just about get served in a pub. There are definitely a lot of things that I'm way more into mm. than working with you to do a school play or working yeah. with you to be in a production or yeah. being inspired by you to maybe yeah. actually do any work here at Sixth Form College. Yeah, so, no, I think I'll just drink yeah. <laughs> and hang out and go out with my mates and bunk off, and, and that's what I did. Yeah. So three years took me to get three crap A levels, <laughs> and you know broke my heart, lost a girlfriend, lost a best mate. You know yeah. the ups and downs of those late yeah, teenage essential. years. Yeah, yeah, the perspective years. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that point, was like right. Well, uh, clearly, I'm never really going to do anything at university. If I go to university, I'm just going to get loads of debt and drink a lot and not really do any work. I think it's, I should probably get a job. It's a rare, it's a rare, a rare perspective. I had the same. Yeah. I did a year at uni and went, this is costing me a fortune and I don't think I'm really getting anything or certainly not getting my money's worth as such, <laughs> particularly anything in the arts. I was, I was doing photography. It's like oh, yeah. getting a good portfolio is more important than getting a degree in photography and 
it's going to cost me a lot less. And yeah. I, I just, I wasn't, similarly, I wasn't comfortable with thro- throwing thousands and thousands and thousands of money I never had in the first place no. away. Well, that's it. My mum and dad had had a few, Bob, when I was young yeah. and sent me and my brother to, you know, private school yeah, yeah, and all yeah. of that. That money ran out. That yeah. money had gone by the time I was 14. So the idea of going to university really was my, you know, relatively recently divorced mum yeah. raising two teenage yeah. boys on her own. Dad was... Um, you know, around and always very supportive, but you know, going through some stuff himself on yeah, the back yeah, of the yeah. divorce yeah, and, and of what course. have you. And so, the idea of saying to those people, anyway, understand <laughs> all of that, I am going to need quite a lot of financial help yeah. while I probably go and just drink myself silly yeah. and emerge from a very average university with a very average degree yeah. in a subject that will more or less have made me unemployable. Yeah. Do you think, um, the a level of silliness to which you drunk yourself would have been hired if it was done in the education system. Yeah. So obviously you drunk yourself silly outside of education. Yeah. Do you think it would have you would have drunk yourself just above silly because of the thousands you were spending on 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 education. I don't think it's that. I think it's that <laughs> when you've got a job and you drink yourself silly and you go to work the next day because you know and you're still in yesterday's clothes because you couldn't quite make it home so you slept in a shop doorway yeah. or slept on the night bus yeah you know that's that you still have to get to work the next yeah. day because otherwise there would be a problem that's applauded but, <laughs> but at uni <laughs> you don't turn world. up to that lecture yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know it's like you get a slap on the wrist or whatever i remember i used uh, uh, me and my mate chris our, f- our favorite job we ever had we were drivers, mate, for a flower a delivery company, and I liked it because it was generally f- physical work. So it was big bags of, f- of flour, and, right. and not f- flowers, but okay. had to be there at like four or five a.m. because you're delivering to um, all the bakeries, yeah. who obviously start very early. And our gene, again, in our, our ignorance and our genius, was well. If the club closes about two. We can just go out and get drunk, party. Yeah. Get into the the work bit a little bit early and sleep for, 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 for like an hour in the in the staff room. Yeah, and then generally the first part of any driver's mate bit is an hour or so of him driving. So yeah. you could just have a little sleep then, and that was our our masterful job of we're done by midday, and <laughs> effectively that's when we would have been getting up after the club night anyway. Yeah. So that was our, our genius job there. But that's the one time you can kind of. When you're young, you can pull those kind <laughs> yeah, of hours. Exactly. So then I had jobs and did stand up in the evenings. Yeah. And then that meant literally getting up at, you know, seven, being on the tube by eight, being at work by nine, yeah. uh, working all day, then going out, you know, grabbing a McDonald's, then going to the club, then working till midnight for no money because yeah. you're an open mic act, so yeah, you're not yeah, getting paid yeah, yeah. for it. Um, but maybe you get a few free beers thrown in. On the nights I was gigging, normally you could sort of get four or five free beers out of, you know, if you were compare, if you were there all night, yeah. you'd get, you know, a few drinks. And if I wasn't, I was out after work with the people that I worked with who all loved to drink yeah. and getting even more smashed to pieces than if I was, uh, you know, had been um, at, the, uh, at the gigs. Yeah. So it was just this sort of non-stop orgy of drinking and really enjoying doing some gigs, hanging out with other people. Yeah. And it sort of did, that period of my life did still feel like a kind of university experience. Yeah, yeah. Because... The, Particularly, I'd imagine, in, in the comedy world, there is there is a long journey of getting into it and getting accepted yeah. and graduating as such to, to get through that. So. Yeah, no, that's it. So I did like three years of being... 
I had some really good advice uh, from Ross Noble's manager yeah. before I'd ever done stand-up. Because I was saying to him, you know, I've been thinking maybe I might. And he was like, look, here's your thing, right? Just start. Just starting's hard enough. So yeah. before you've got any kind of plan or whatever, just start. Then get good. Yeah. That's going to take some time. Just getting the stage time to get good is going to be hard. You you yeah. don't even know if you can do it till you've done 100, you know, 100 gigs. Yeah. So you need to get to your 100 gig point, then assess. Like, is this something that you're going to do? Then once you're getting paid, right, once you're doing like the open, the opening set for mm-hmm. 25 quid or whatever at all these open mic spots, that should be the first time you ever approach a proper club that's offering proper money. Yeah. And you're certainly not asking them for money. You're just asking for an open spot. 10 minutes. Yeah. You've got to have a really good 20 minutes that you've built up over the open mic spot before yeah. you're then going to go and do a free 10 minutes at any club worth its right. salt. And it's like that thing of like, do your tour, record the DVD, yeah. sell that DVD on the next tour. It's like every stage, it's like get further ahead. Yeah. Then sell it backwards. So then, yeah. you know, be in the clubs and, and say, well, I'll work for free here, but I demand to get paid there because that's a better club than that club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you, that's how you build it all up. Um, and it's so, good to know the kind of systems and pecking order and, 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 and how that would run and what's, yeah. you know, that advice, it sounds quite simple and quite almost trying to put you off because it's essentially saying you're going to be doing this ages before like this has to be a passion project because yeah. it might only ever be a passion project that's you know it. that that but but still it's still that's that's valuable information to know how the climb is and particularly in a world where these days comedy is s- s- selling out the O2 and things like that yeah. so people look at that and go oh I'd like to do that so well, would you would yeah. you be willing to commit you know f- 10 years of your life to yeah. get to that stage or do you want essentially a Kickstarter campaign to say, well, you p- provide me with them 10 years and now I'll jump st- st- straight in at the fun bit. That's, yeah. you know. Well, that's, I mean, that's exactly right. And, and it's like that old story of uh, the car pulls up alongside Count Basie and this guy looks out, has no idea who he is and says to him, excuse me, sir, do you know the way to Carnegie Hall? And he yeah. says, practice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, but that I mean that was that was it. It yeah. was you know the all, that overnight success. It, it's funny though you say now that comedy is selling out the O2 because what it's done is it's brought people into a world of thinking about doing stand up mm-hmm. that would never previously have thought of doing it. Now yeah. it feels like oh you could be a rock star comic if you wanted to be. Yeah, there had been a few rock star comics. Newman and Badil had sold out Wembley Arena, yeah, of course. But when I started doing it, Eddie Izzard had put videos out. Yeah. And he'd sold a few videos, but no one else was really buying home, no. you know, recordings of stand-up shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody was doing particular. I mean, the few were a, a, a lot rarefied of people at few. that point were more going to comedy clubs rather than comedy gigs. Well, you so could rather be, than going to see Eddie Izzard, you're going to see some stand-up. That was exactly and that it. was kind of you could be uh, uh, earn a very good living just doing twenty minutes in a club. You know, in London, mm-hmm. you could maybe squeeze two or three gigs in together, yep. or you'd be a bit further out of town. But the money was good. You know, you could earn a living doing it. Yeah, that money hasn't changed in the last twenty years. Yeah, yeah because yeah. more people have come in. There have been more clubs, more open mic. The money's got spread out, but but no one's getting paid more than they were getting paid yeah. twenty years ago. I mean, that is, I, I still find that always amazing and inspiring to see the the general um, the work ethic of or the work ethic or mindset of a stand-up. And the example of that trying to 
get a few sets in one night again that's it's crazy to me as a as a musician things like that where you think you've got your gig and that's that but we did um i did the the christmas gigs with robin Ince and josie long and all these and josie was doing one and it was it was one of the ones at hammersmith apollo so it's a big show and she came and did a bit but then was off to do an, another gig like half an hour away yeah. that night because she's like oh, i've got a few a few like it's like in my mind if you're doing any size set at hammersmith apollo that's yeah you're done you can, you can relax <laughs> yeah. but it's like no it's that mindset of like no this is just another yeah. of the you know I'm still working and still because you did the Thursday night and I did the Friday yes, night yes. so we missed each other yeah, on yeah, that yeah, yeah. but um, yeah if you're a musician you get paid because Robin's whole philosophy is like yeah you know musicians get asked to do stuff for free all the time yeah, yeah. but if you're a comic and you're on this bill chances are you're earning good money anyway so uh, you know all the money yeah. goes to charity it's up to you do you want me to take the money out of the charity yeah. or do you want to just turn up and do it because yeah. I've got enough mates who all want to do it that we don't need to you really see, pay people a being an absolute comedy nerd and adoring a lot of the people that perform at these things I've got a love and hate fact for the feeling I've been embraced into the comedy side of it in the you'll do this for free wouldn't you <laughs> there's a love and hate for that the fact it's like yeah I'm like Stuart Lee and Josie and Rufus and all of these it's like hang on I'm, I'm, I'm being proud at the fact that they're now just not bothering paying me anymore because yeah. I'm just one of the gangs I'm so, above money yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> above that money lark let's yeah. just do it but yeah yeah, that's kind of nice so, so how was it to finally get this acting moment that, oh, yeah. that you wanted, that you'd thought of, you'd wanted to do, and a teacher had driven it out of you and it being an impossibility. And um, I'd imagine that there must have been a lot of waiting for that opportunity to come because people won't know that you've, you're capable of it or got this in you. Yeah. Or you would have been the only person that does know, if you know what I mean. So you'd have to be convinced people, no, 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 seriously, I can, <laughs> I've got this. Just yeah. trust me, I've yeah. got this. You may, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I've Stand got this. Stand over there and watch yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose it's a slow, it's a semantic difference, and you are, of course, by and large right, but it wasn't... So by the time I was working for a living, and working, you know, in offices, and then, yeah. uh, you know, working uh, in like more manual labour and worked at the Science Museum teaching kids science and Amazing. enjoying lots of parts of all of those things. But working in offices, I worked in PR... It was like very quickly. I mean, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm definitely smart enough to know, like working in an office every day, fuck that. Yeah. Some people yeah, can do completely. it, and my brother does it, and he's very successful at doing it, yeah. but not for me, man. No, I just, I'm the I, same. you know, I never had it in me. Whenever anybody like was saying, like, why aren't you taking this seriously? I was like, what is there to take seriously? Yeah. What we're doing is fundamentally valueless. We're not offering anything. We're not creating anything. Yeah. We're just a conduit by which this thing that was happening and that thing that might happen, we just, you know, it's like we're just, we're, we're not the engines of anything yeah. here. We're, There's an we're, amazing uh, amount of essentially fictional jobs that have had to come into existence where exactly that, it's your... You're there, but you're servicing some another office that's fictional that that's doesn't. It. Really, isn't really. There's no real, as you said. There's no s- solid a product with stand up. You know what you're 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 giving and receiving, and yeah. with manual labour, you know you're building this, you're doing this. With that, you're yeah. It's a weird yeah, and that's not n- not meaning to look down or talk a shit oh, about any of these people, but it's a fascinating. I don't care if you work in an world. office and you're doing something absolutely incredible. Yeah, you know, like good for yeah. you. But I think anybody with who's listening to this, who's like, "Hey, man, that's not fair." I work in an office. Yeah, but if you like what you do and you think it's worthwhile, then that's on you. And you're not going to be offended I'm, by this. Yeah, yeah, I'm not judging you because <laughs> you like what you do and you think it's valuable. Yeah, but if you're offended by this, then it. 
proves that we're probably right here. Because <laughs> you're yeah. probably going, yeah, that actually, that's that is out of order. It's like, <laughs> well, if you were doing, if you didn't, you, you wouldn't feel it related to you if yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. You know, hey, accurate. that's my life up there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's like exactly if it. someone shouts dickhead and you turn round it's, it's, it's because it's there, there you go they, they, yeah. it's your you you got offended by that but they were right because you turned you knew it was you they were talking about that's so. it or are you a bender tied to a stick <laughs> yeah, yeah. no bender on the loose you know oh, well done um, which is basically what Twitter is it's yeah. basically the E version of that it is um, so I uh, was doing all of that The yeah so the acting thing by the, by the time I worked out that I definitely needed to do more showing off than I'd be doing, yeah. that the whatever like psychotic, awful, needy desire to feel the approval and love of strangers, yeah, yeah, whatever that is, which I have, I wasn't getting it, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I needed to work out how I was going to get it, yeah, and how I was going to get it, um, was through stand up, yeah. And it wasn't through acting, because when it's acting, someone's got to write it, someone's got to produce it, someone's got to fund it, someone's got to put it on, someone's got to light it, someone's got to do the sound for it. Yeah. Someone's got to, you know... It, so you're waiting all the time for, yeah, yeah. well, who's going to come forward and ask me to do their thing and then pay me to do it? Yeah. Stand up, you didn't get paid, but you could just turn up, you could just literally turn, turn to a comedy club on an open mic night and go, I'd really, I, you know... Feed that hunger. I want that, uh, I want five minutes, if that's all right. So it wasn't, it genuinely wasn't like I was sitting around going, oh, one day, mummy, one day, I tell you, I just need a shot. Uh, you know, it wasn't that sort of cloying need, but instead it was once once people knew who I was a little bit, then you started getting the odd offer from people saying, um, I don't suppose you want to do any acting, do you? Because yeah. we've got, like, um, do you know Ricky Grover? Yes, stand up yes. buller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, your 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 film acting debut was in in um, uh, Big, Big Fat, Fat Gypsy, Gypsy Gangster. Gangster, which also was the first time that a Dunless vs. Scroobius Pip song was used in a film. And is that right? It things, so there was, there was it's, there's a great connection there. Yeah. Was, but yeah, we both broke our ducks. We did, we did on Big Fat <laughs> Gypsy Gangster. Um, well, he uh, the casting process for that movie was really arduous. Yeah. Um, I was stood in a corridor at the BBC and Ricky appeared behind me and went, I've written a movie. I went, have you, Ricky? He went, yeah, you're in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, um, thanks. You know, <laughs> huge, great bloke. Oh, yeah. thanks, right, yeah, yeah, Monster. of course I am, yeah. I love it. Um, <laughs> but it was that, it was, you know, that as an analogy was sort of how it happened. You yeah. know, I, uh, and people I started that. saying, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, I really do. But it, I think it, people... It, Get the illusion though that 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 you'll build a name and then you'll unfairly get these these breakthroughs. It's like you may unfairly get a chance, yeah. but then you have to go and deliver on that. Yeah. If if you'd gone in and started filming and you'd been absolute shit, then they would have gone. No, actually, we're going to switch out. That you know, it's that thing of it's fine to to use your name to open that door, but it's what you do after you walk through it that if you walk in and sh- sh- shit on the floor they're going to push you out the door quite quickly yeah. Um, yeah well that's it the only thing that this job gets you is the chance of being good enough to get another job Yeah. yeah. so every time the pressure's on yeah. and that's why I think in terms of being a performer you know people talk about oh god I'm so tired you're like oh long day was it <laughs> yeah. showing off yeah, yeah. getting clapped Yeah. Um, but it's a different kind of stress it's that 
not only is theatre and stand-up and anything live especially, I'm going to walk into a room full of people who are all going to look at me and whether I'm any good today will define the attitude of these yeah. thousand people yeah. or hundred people or however many people. You know, and anything uh, that's so, happened in their day could then affect how uh, that. And, you well, know, you can't even that. begin to factor that yeah. in because, of course, you go absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah. But, but every time, you know, I've worked in offices and I've worked on building sites, and I know that if I go one day and I'm not really feeling it, oh, I could probably hide in the loo for twenty yeah. minutes or get a cup of tea yeah. or make everyone a cup of tea. Or I had days. I, I worked really hard at H and B, but I had days where I would spend a lot of time just in the toilet, just reading, just <laughs> yeah. going through the magazines, or, or or Sundays. In fact, as a manager at one point, and Sundays, um, I would. Yeah, I th- in my whole few years as in that management role, I'd say I probably got one full Sunday's work out of all the Sundays I did. And it would be <laughs> the manager's door closed, I'm working, and I'd just be reading, just yeah. chilling, listening to music. And you can't do that in this no. industry. <laughs> no, that's it. If you turn up, there's a room full of people, you're like, just give me 20 minutes. Yeah. I'm just going to chill kick for a bit. back. Yeah. And and then the other side of it is, especially if you're on tour, people go, oh, yeah, that's fine. But, you know, you've only got to work an hour today. You've only got to work an hour and a half today. You've only got to work yeah, two hours today. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, but my entire day was built around this two yeah, hours. Hours of travel, hours of this uh, and hours, you That's know. it. I was getting here. There was sorting everything out. There was making sure it was going to run right and do all of that. So it is, it's, it's a different kind of pressure. Think- and I'm really not like anybody listening to this who doesn't you know work in this world i'm really not saying like oh boohoo we're the yeah. ones who've got it toughest I've, everyone's got it tough but there are different versions of the way in which I've this got sort a, of job goes down a theory hard. though if that's the exact reason that a lot of famous people end up having a lot of famous friends and it kind of seems oh it's also contrite that they're all yeah but it's because they if they've had a bad day they can complain about it and not feel like a prick yeah and again like if i've had a, a a really tough tour and I'm with my mates and I'd start moaning. There's often times I think, I'm not going to say anything because they've been working in, again, working in an office all day or working yeah. doing this or doing that and you feel you can't complain whereas around other people in the similar industry, yeah, you can. Yeah. And it's kind of, I think that's why, yeah, it's yeah. why ends up... My champagne was like, like only minus four degrees. Oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feel me, bruv. But yeah... <laughs> It's uh, a weird one. No, it will, yeah. Um, but again, as with, uh, as with, you know, to ask the start by asking the question, "What are you?" I, you know, that's the nail on the head. Yeah. I, I never, I never set out with like. So here's what I'm selling. Who's buying? Yeah. I set out with like. So I did this. What do you do? Yeah. That looks like fun. Can I have a go? And then the, have a go at the next yeah. thing, and have a go at the next it's thing. The perfect thing. I've always kind of had the 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 mindset of wanting to just always do stuff that seems like it'd be fun yeah. and, and and that seems like it'd be good i made my name doing m- music but you know when the radio stuff came up and when film night or club night or any of these other things it's all like the first sort of does that seem enjoyable not does that fit with 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 what I am as a product or what I am as it's like no I'm up for it it's yeah. it's cool I've I've started hosting um, a show about the UFC on BT Sports because I'm really into into mixed martial arts it's like <laughs> there wasn't any how's that going to actually look because oh it's a violent sport and yeah. you know I'm a poet and all this like no I just thought wicked I love <laughs> I watch every event that's that's great fun so it's I think that's a great I always look at things not really label yourself too much no because then. If that if your version of that 
goes out of fashion or doesn't work, then you're You've, that's what you were. You've got. A, you're done now. You know? I was just a judge on a, a TV talent show. Yeah, it was a one-off on BBC One. It was called Sinatra Our Way. Yeah, they'd been and found people who were very talented, you know, and uh, uh, and they were going to sing songs that were made famous by Sinatra their way. Yeah, and they got a few it. tweets off people like, "Well, why are you a judge on a Sinatra show?" It's like. Because I'm really into Sinatra. And yeah. they basically rang up and said, it's an afternoon's work. Yeah. Do you want to come? I was like, look, if you want a proper Sinatra expert, then you need to find one. Yeah. But if you want somebody who's like owns a lot of Sinatra's music yeah. and you know read a few autobiographies of the man, like, I'm yeah, your guy. I'm totally up, <laughs> yeah, totally up yeah. for it. I, I will absolutely do that. But not because... I, it's it's weird. This is, I suppose, the, the thing is you saying about... Um, not being able to complain to people who don't do the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other side of that is that when you stand up in front of audiences, people in audiences tend not to also be people who stand up in front of audiences. Yep. So what is projected onto you is that you're in total... Because you're in when you're on that stage, yeah. you're in charge. Yeah. They think that you're in charge yeah, yeah. of everything else yeah. that Completely you do. Unaware. That's not the case. That, that yeah. is not the case. That like you get asked to do something, you go, "Well, all right, yeah, I've got that time free, and I've still got a mortgage I need to pay." I mean, so the, yeah. but it was more that people seem to be suggesting to me that I've been on the phone to the BBC, going, "Listen, as a massive Sinatra fan, it's about time." I just feel like people <laughs> haven't realised that about me. Yeah, and it's something I'm I really want to get across because where's my chance to show people I love? You know, yeah, yeah. it's like, that's not how it goes. It's just something came up. It looked like it would be fun. They were going to pay me. Yeah. I did it. Yeah. And then I almost immediately <laughs> forgot about it the next day and got on with the rest of my life trying to do yeah. other things. That it was I... something I did once. <laughs> Calm it. down. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. Um, well, we're over the hour mark, which is absolutely f- fine, but we've mentioned a lot Twitter here. And oh, I think right. that's an interesting thing to talk about because I know you use it a lot. Um, and you're, as I said, you're quite... A p- a p- political on there and social on there how have you found that how do you or what do you see as the, the the positives and negatives of twitter obviously we've generally highlighted negatives of people complaining about this complaining yeah. about that but both of us are avidly on there so there must be p- positives that hugely outweigh that so what's your kind of yeah outlook on that it's uh i feel about twitter Lots and lots of different things. Just to talk about the negatives for a moment. It's a bit like if you've ever been burgled. Yeah. Right? People who've been burgled, and it depends how you've been burgled. Some people have their houses and lives turned upside down, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's awful, awful. I can understand um, why that would change how you feel about everything. But you get burgled, the first thing that happens, and after you've got the house straight again, you put, like, 17 locks on every door, every mm-hmm. window's got a security code, and, you know, yeah. all of that. But actually, that means that what those burglars took is more than just your stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas you can instead contextually go, well, I'm, you know, in my case, I'm 35 years old. That means that uh, I've lived for... Whatever 350, 365 terms 35 is, yeah, that many days. This has happened once, therefore, the yeah. odds of it happening again are Incredibly probably soon, yeah. one in whatever that you know 90,000 days I've yeah. been alive or yeah. whatever yeah, it is. No, that makes sense. Um, so okay, uh, that was a bit of bad luck. There are some desperate people in the world, shit. Oh well, I, you know, 
sensible precautions. Remember to lock up, and if that door wasn't strong enough, maybe get a slightly stronger door. Yeah. But I'm not going to now live in cold dits yeah. because that happened. That's sort of how I feel a little bit about Twitter, <laughs> is that... You know, you put out anything and there's a rush of people who want to go, I cannot believe you wrote that. Yeah. I cannot believe... It's just like... What keeps happening with me on Twitter is I'll post something that I know is fairly innocuous, Yeah. but somebody will take offence at some part of it. Yeah. And, and even Completely. as I'm writing it, I, I know... Uh, these are the people oh, who are going to... Yeah. Oh, this is my ringtone, by the way. It's... Uh, Finn from Adventure Time. Nice, perfect. Yeah, so if you're hearing that in the background, <laughs> that's what that is. That's a beautiful ringtone. Thanks, ma'am. Uh, yeah, so it feels to me like the onus slightly becomes just accepting that there are now so many users of Twitter yeah. that anything you write is going to... Somebody somewhere is going to take offence. And actually, yeah. the more followers you have... The higher the inevitability, the inevitability of that. Yeah. Of that. So, in fact, if 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 no one takes offence, you're in in Westlife James Blunt territory <laughs> yeah, that's w- with your tweets. If, yeah. you, if that many people are reading it, then in theory, some should be. Although James Blunt, brilliant at Twitter, absolutely genius at Twitter. <laughs> one of the funny. I mean, we don't need to, to plug him anymore. Everyone seems to know about no. this, but he's very very funny. Very and, good and actually, a real lesson in how to just take those things with a pinch of salt and play them with grace. Beautifully done, yeah, definitely. Um, so there's a bit of that. I, uh, you know, obviously I've uh, I've made quite a lot of noise about the stealth privatisation of the mm-hmm. NHS. Yeah. Well, the nurses all went on strike. And that morning I tweeted, like, half a dozen, like, support the nurses, solidarity with the nurses. Yeah. You know, they're out there... If you're going past a hospital today and you see those people outside, you have to know that this isn't because they themselves want more. It's because they've had what little they had taken away from them and they're just trying to get a little bit of it back. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's and, and those are all the messages I was sending that, that morning. And then it was like storms everywhere. And uh, I was like, you know, oh, cry, you know, all these women are out there, mainly women in nursing, yeah. not exclusively women yeah, in nursing, yeah, yeah. but mainly women in nursing, out there in this pouring rain, you know, standing up for what's right and what mm. they what they're owed. And the 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 obviously dopey version of that was, mind you, upside. It's like the UK's biggest ever wet t-shirt competition, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is obviously, yeah. obviously a joke. Yeah. Of like, oh, there's an upside to these poor, like, yeah. compassionate, brilliant professionals yep. having to stand in the freezing <laughs> cold rain. Yeah. Oh, that's funny, isn't it? Ha ha, laugh at them. No, because I spent all morning saying yeah. that that Have isn't you not it. Have you not got, yeah. And, but like... That's the scary part of, of Twitter, uh, and then actually is the ability to um, take w- w- one tweet and retweet that to your followers, yeah. and therefore it'd be completely out of context and horrible. I'd, yeah. I had a big argument on on Twitter one time with someone who, it was an argument over, over a women's rights, and they'd, they'd misunderstood something I said, and we had, a, I'm always up for a reasoned, a discussion. I don't yeah. get angry easily. If I'm wrong, I'm happy to be wrong. I'm yeah. I'm regularly wrong. I love to learn through being wrong and learning it, from yeah. other people. Um, so we're having this discussion. Which is an open mindedness that I do not think people are really being told is the only way to yeah, live. It's how it should be. Everybody just grows up. Is given one opinion and like I'm going to stick to that to the day the, I die. Yeah, what exactly. if you're wrong? I'm not wrong. The thing that in this instance, the thing that pushed me over the edge was I suddenly started to notice that we're having this discussion. And by the end, um, I conceded where I was wrong, and she conceded where she'd in, misinterpreted and all that. And I realised that she was retweeting, but 
only the ones that out of context right. were inflammatory towards me and it's like I found that hugely unfair and I kind of I got a bit angry but then just said look I'm going to end this conversation because you're not and she was um, like known as as an activist for for a women's rights so again it's someone I didn't want to be having an argument with because I support everything she does essentially (laughs) Um, but it was like that isn't that isn't fair because you're putting across an inaccurate portrayal of our conversation and I think it's equally damaging I talk about this this quite a lot but um it's equally damaging to poorly report stuff on the left, for example, yeah. as it is the idiots on Fox who reports that Birmingham is a Muslim-only city yeah. and things like <laughs> that. It's equally damaging when people are pushing some thing slamming UKIP and the facts are wrong and inaccurate. Yeah. It's like, well, they've there's enough to slam UKIP about that's true and real. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to have poorly researched and made up and fictional stuff to do that. No. That's more damaging. Because yeah. then it's... Because that's th- their game. everything. And yeah. we're going to inspire by getting our yeah. game yeah. strong. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that was kind of this, a, a scary thing of Twitter is the ability... Because, again, it's so hard to think out... Because it's natural. You think in your in the context of you, you're, you've done... A 15 tweets supporting, you've done one that's a joke. Yeah. In the context of someone, you've done one that's a joke. And yeah. that's it, because they don't actually follow you. They've no. seen this. It's the same as people complaining to the BBC about shows that they've not seen, but yeah. they've seen a quote out of context. It's that exact same thing. So that's where it's kind of yeah, yeah a scary and weird thing, I guess. I got given a heads up that there was going to be a story. It, it ended up not going to print, so, mm. you know, it'll all blow over and whatever. But... um it was actually funny enough. It was backstage at the X Factor, and this guy mm. in a wheelchair came up and said to me, oh, "I love Celebrity Juice. You know the humour there. It's just like it's so cutting. It's so sharp. It's like mm. I was like, oh right, yeah, great. He said, Will you sign my book, Kid in a Wheelchair? You know, like. Yeah, yeah. And I said, I can't believe you'd ask me for an autograph, but not even stand up, you rude bastard. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. literally, because in that yeah. conversation he said how much he loved Juice yeah, and whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, oh great, you know, I'm not going to be deferent to him, and I'm equally. Yeah. I my great fear is if I was ever disabled is that it, everybody treats you differently. Yeah, like suddenly you, you can't make, take yeah, a joke yeah, or you know, <clears throat> all those sorts of things. And it's not punching down. Yeah. It's like we shared something yeah. and we're getting on and yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, supposedly, as as he was taking it round and asking other people who were there that night to sign it, somebody went, "I can't believe he's written that as well out of order." And he went, oh, well, um, no, I think he was just like, yeah. well, you know, I think that's bang out. And so then he showed it, it to someone. Yeah. By the time the kids left the building, he's going like, oh, yeah, that is a bit strong, actually. It's well, no, look, and I'm not blaming yeah. the kid. Yeah, 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 we, you know, yeah. we had it out. But but I ended up writing a blog post about it in my effort to at least got my side out before I whatever yeah, was going to come out was going to come yeah. out. Because I was like, I don't want it to be a reaction to that, but I'm very happy to make my position clear and then whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And that was, we'd had some squaddies in like two weeks before that at Juice. Guys literally, you know, had their legs blown off to the knee and yeah. it's like, you know, this guy says, yeah, you know, everyone calls me Lurch. Well, you know, he's like three foot tall now, yeah. but that, that yeah, was, yeah, yeah. he said, you'll never hear harsher banter than you'll hear in the you yeah. know, the field hospital. Yeah, it was like, no doubt. yeah, you know, I don't doubt it. And they're like, the thing that just drives you nuts is you get home and everyone treats you. And it's and like that, it. that business of, uh, it's, I, I really don't use the word banter because it's been taken on by people to mean essentially just being a prick about yeah, people. Yeah, completely. But in the old fashioned version of banter, 
what I think I should probably call badinage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like there was, there was a bit of give and take and a little bit of yeah, like, we're all completely. pals and we all know where yeah, we yeah, stand. Yeah. And it's actually a sign of friendship and a sense of kinship where we can joke about the psychopath in the room. We can joke about the looming spectre of death. Yeah. You know, that's that's waits up for all of us. Yeah. So we'll, we'll make jokes about it yeah, rather than completely. just staying here being terrified. Yeah. Um, now, where was I going with this? That Twitter... Yeah. That those things out of context... Yeah, yeah. ...get blown up. But um, do you know the American like comic Pat Oswald? Yes, yes. He did, um, going back a couple of years now, a series of brilliant tweets, and I'm very ham-fistedly going to quote them, but I mean, yeah. I, I really am going to get this spectacularly yeah, wrong, but you'll get the it. gist. Yeah. Suddenly, people were retweeting stuff from Patton Oswald that were gay people need to get out of this country, dragging the economy down and perverting the true sense of uh, you know what it is to be American. Yeah, disgusting. And they're like, they've clearly come yeah. from Patton Oswald's account. Yeah, and it was like you know, um, Muslims need to go home and you know yeah, all yeah, this yeah. kind of stuff. You're like, holy shit! And then they were being re-retweeted. Because what he was doing deliberately was sending two tweets where it's like, you know something, I'm absolutely sick to the back teeth of these fucking idiots who spend all their time on Twitter saying bullshit like... Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and then yeah. it was part two of yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, And all of these sort of homophobic... Radio, but it's like, that makes the point. It's like, yeah. without context, without actually seeing Anything. what else was written... Yeah. The very worst thing that could be being said looks like it could be being said. So really, Twitter essentially has bought one of the biggest kind of um, crosses to bear that stand-up and comedy has always had for years of people taking individual lines and being, you know, not putting them in the context of an hour-long set or a 20-minute piece that has built to this specific line and put it all in context instead of just gone and people in court cases reading out sections of, of yeah. stand-up sets. It's like, I'm or, sorry, um, you're not qualified to perform this. <laughs> no, the, yeah, yeah. This material. You've seen that video of Emily Maitlis repeating Frankie Boyle jokes to Mark yes. Thompson when yeah, he was director yeah, yeah, general yeah, yeah, on yeah, News. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Emily, listen. Your timing's <laughs> off. Your, your <laughs> tone's wrong. You've got to say it with charm. Yeah, you missed the beat there. That's, yeah, yeah. This yeah. Is completely... That's it. You know, and that is it. And what what is fu- what is genuinely funny in a comedy club on a Saturday night is not funny on Monday morning over your yeah. cornflakes. Yeah, as put through the filter of the Daily Mail reportage. I love I love the um, there's an Anthony J- a Jeselnik piece, um, and he does just a, a one joke. I won't even attempt the joke, but but he just afterwards, I love his ability of just pushing across arrogance. But being, he's like he just says like he ends it goes. What an important joke! And he says, <laughs> "If you like, if you listen to his home, if you like to stop f- for a minute, call a friend, tell them that joke, and then apologise that you don't have my time in, and then we'll continue." It's like just beautiful, kind of. Wow. Just really going on that. You can't tell. You can't get this across. So yeah. you know, it's. I know you're going to want to and try to, but you can't. You've. Yeah. You've not got this. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, well, we're coming to the end here. Can we end with? I mean, this. Um, as I said, it's going out in February, so the way... Valentine's the, Day. I imagine this is going to be the big... I think it might be the one after Valentine's sure. Day. So this is so. kind of the romantic special, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, this is it. Um, but uh, so the way the media and politics move so quickly, this will probably be completely out of date, but um, 
this morning was when it was announced that the Green Party have overtaken a UKIP in members. And I know this this is, is something that you were excited about, at least I'm not sure at what level you support this. But yeah, do you want to discuss that anyway and what it means and what the kind of your thoughts and perspective are on that? Yeah, um, as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can go as, as long as we want. There's no, there's no rush. Um, so we essentially live in a corpocracy. Mm-hmm. Um, and with things like TTIP, you know, that, that that will be absolutely cemented. Your notion, you listening to this, my uh, personage saying this, there has been a, a shift in the last 50 years of going from being a citizen to being a consumer. Yeah. And your value is now being decided as your habits as a consumer, yeah. which are now broken down based on what you tweet, what you write down on Facebook, what you mm-hmm. like, what who, what friends you have and what they like, where they're based. You are now numbers on a spreadsheet. Yeah. Your personhood is eroded this david cameron thing you know since charlie hebdo we need more powers to make sure we can look through every email and there's got to be back doors in all that software so that we can look through it it's like you don't you just don't get how computers work you leave any back door it's not only you who uses that back door it's everyone else especially the exact kind of people that you're trying to stop from you know you're saying that these powers are going to stop so i mean that's just it's bullshit. Essentially, there is a tiny number of people who live as free men on this earth. Mm-hmm. For, I say free men, and you, as uh, a right-minded liberal listening to this, might go, well, you said men, actually, men and women. Well, actually, pretty much exclusively men. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it does. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, game yeah. is largely being won by men. Yeah. White, White men. men. Yeah. Um, you know, 85 individuals have the same wealth as, you know, in this country is like the bottom 40%. Yeah. I mean, I forget the exact mm. statistic. Take to your nearest search engine and find it out. But at that kind of money, you live genuinely free. We know that when you're incredibly wealthy, the law doesn't really apply to you. Mm-hmm. You avoid your taxes when you're incredibly wealthy. You eventually go to HMRC, agree to pay maybe 10% of what you actually owe, and they'll work out and negotiate with you, and then that's what you're going to pay. Yeah. If you're a scaffolder and you don't pay your taxes, you'll do six months inside. There's no negotiation <laughs> no, there. No, no, there's no yeah. less of a friendly chat. All right, I'll give you a bit of it. Come yeah. on, let's be reasonable. Yeah. No, no. No, you're off. Yeah. So when you're incredibly rich, the laws don't apply to you. Society doesn't really matter to you you exist outside we are literally so so my model of how i see it is the nature of modern capitalism <laughs> that's right you're listening to a podcast by a poet <laughs> uh, the nature of modern capitalism to me is like most people are scared of change that's because that's just standard yeah evolved monkey response to everything mm-hmm. it starts with fear so people are scared of what changing it might mean um alan de botton i mean i know this is not going out for a few weeks but he recently put up a thing about capitalism doesn't have to be replaced but there are lots of different kinds of capitalism yeah. actually yeah and the one that we've got unfettered <laughs> um, it's, it's the thing that angers me the most about our blind following of democracy. Um, number one, there's a lot of options other than democracy. But number two, there's a lot of versions of democracy that aren't the the paper thin masquerade of democracy that we currently yeah yeah, yeah. A, a live under. But same with and with same capitalism. with capitalism. Yeah. There's all sorts of ways. And actually, the countries that uh, whose economic growth has 
been more stable and more steady do have much uh, more different notions of investing back in social infrastructure. Germany, South Korea, Sweden, you know, their Mm. economies all took a dip, but they do not have like the the bonus culture, the selling off of public housing, the not building new housing, you know, the lack of um, investment in that infrastructure that we have in this country. It's fucking insanity what's going on here and it's ideologically driven the whole of austerity don't get me wrong you've got massive debts and that's going to affect your credit rating as a nation do you need to address those debts yeah you absolutely do but the notion of the cuts is an ideological thing where you're told we can't afford an NHS we can't afford this we can't afford Mm -hmm. that yeah but actually it's about choice what do you choose to afford? Yeah. Because you've just spent 70 billion quid on Trident. Yeah, 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 yeah. And even the people in the army, at the point that contract was up for renewal, went, it seems pretty unlikely yeah. that we're going to ever fight against nation states, therefore nuclear weapons won't really be the weapons of the future. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's not that we can't afford that. You want to bail out the banks. Well, OK, but you've got to have a fucking watertight system whereby we're going to get that money back. Yeah. And instead what's happened is we've given them all that money. There's all these clauses in the contract about at what point profit is defined so they can keep pushing the idea of profit further away into longer grass. So they're never going to be in profit based on this. And then the contract expires on when the expectation of that money coming back is or they're bought out and the buyout requires the dismissal of those contracts. And, you know, all of these ways out of giving us our fucking money back. Yeah. So we're not going to have a leisure centre. Newcastle won't have any arts budget. Yeah. You know, all of those sorts of, like, big social things that actually improve the lives of the... You know, the, it's not the 99%. It's the 99.999999999%. Mm. You know, yeah. it's, it's such a tiny fraction of people who are just rinsing the rest of us. Yeah. And the problem is that those are the people with the money... And once you've got the money, you've got the power. And once you've got the power, mm-hmm. you've got basically the opportunity to call the shots. Bear in mind, even if you get caught out, ain't shit going to happen to you, no. as we found out from phone hacking. Yeah. Absolutely. James Murdoch wrote these checks. So hang on, you're telling me the head of a company wrote a check for half a million quid and never asked what for? Yeah. Never went, oh, actually, just What's due this? diligence. Yeah, I yeah. Might, it might actually be my job yeah, to find yeah. out What's where this, this money this goes. Going? Oh, I'd rather not know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And moreover... It's an acceptable defence. <laughs> yeah. Moreover, the only reason that you're not telling me must be because then I can say I didn't know. Well, yeah. even that in itself tells you that clearly something fucking dark has gone yeah, on. Ignorance isn't a defence. No. It. It's not a legitimate... Defense, and it wouldn't yeah. be for a regular person either. No. There's, there's, there's many, many things that you can be in court for where you couldn't say, oh, I didn't know it was illegal. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is. Yeah. Or I didn't know that that was causing that. Or that was like, well, you, you should have known. Yeah. You, you chose ignorance. Ignorance isn't a defense in the court yeah. of law. I put on a blindfold. Yeah. And then somebody told me to hold something and jerk my arm backwards yeah, and yeah, forwards. Yeah. I had no idea. And then, you know, I could hear this screaming. Yeah. But I just didn't feel like it was really my place yeah. to, like, question where is that this, screaming is was or prostitution. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not, I'm not sure which charge we're on here, but <laughs> yeah. depends what you've got in your hand, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, in essence, it seems to me that I, I do accept that there are differences between the Tory Party and the Labour Party mm-hmm. and the Liberal Democrat. There mm-hmm. are differences. Yeah. Um, 
but those differences aren't big enough. Yeah. The the range of choice through those differences still seems to just support this idea that all the money needs to be funneled up and as little as possible needs to be going out the other end. Yeah. That l- lots of lip service by the three major parties is paid to some idea of kind of human worth or value mm-hmm. or like, you know, we're looking after you. But you can't you cannot as the Labour Party say that the NHS is in crisis and we're going to fix it unless you're going to talk about how. Mm. And if you're not going to talk about either renegotiating PFI deals or just, you know, taking a stack of money from somewhere else and buying your way out of those, because Mm -hmm. now NHS trusts are spending huge chunks of their budget servicing debt. Yeah. Not actually spending it on nurses and the things that... Because all of this boils down for me to we pay our taxes, right? Yeah. And what do we want from that? Nurses, teachers, police, firemen. That's what the the notion of a tax system is that you're going to get something out of this. The creation of a civil society in which everyone can function and people are at least given enough breathing room where they're able to have a stab at being the best that they can be. At the point that those things are all disappearing, the money's all funneled up to the top. There isn't an economist in the world who thinks that trickle-down economics is a thing that exists. If you want to stimulate an economy, you give money to people at the bottom because people at the bottom have got fuck all, so they go out and spend it. They give it to the next tier up and they go out and spend it and spend it and spend it. It's a trickle-up system. You give it to people at the top who've already got a few, Bob, they go, oh, thanks very much for that. Save it. And it doesn't go back around the system. All of that shit is a lie. But the parties are owned. The parties have got their sponsors who've got vested interests in the mm-hmm. status quo basically remaining as, as 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 much the same as they can kind of maintain. The Tory party, it seems to me, especially mainly kind of landed gentry and these sort of Lord Fauntleroy. And that's a revolving door. Jeremy Hunt, who's largely masterminding the destruction of the NHS, I guarantee you, you stop me in the street 10 years from now and we will walk hand in hand together to the private health company where he's on, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, seven figures a year. So they're selling it to their mates. And so, in essence, the model that I have in my head is, you know, in those old schlocky like Hammer Horror movies where there's a, va- a castle with vampires in, yeah. but all the villagers knows that's where the vampires live. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, many yeah. of them work in the castle and yeah. they won't say shit to them yeah. because, all right, maybe a dozen virgins go missing every year, yeah. but you know something, I've got a job, he's got a job, yeah. so we'll just take it on the chin. And then once a year, the vampires are at a big party and then they're going to have like suddenly 50 villagers go missing. Well, this is like every day is a fresh party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Right? Every day, just the fucking vampirism of the economic elite and the the financial sector, too big to fail, can't touch us. It sucks the life, literally sucks the Mm. lifeblood out of what is meant to be our society. And so the rise of the Green Party, it seems to me, is largely people who are smart enough to realise that there isn't the range of choice that there needs to be in mainstream politics UKIP has done the same thing for the Tory vote where it's basically all the demented nanas and granddads who've gone like I just don't like them because they're black I mean really let's be honest that's what we're talking about isn't it you know so that's good that sort of hived a lot of those people off the further left is kind of being hived off from Labour to the Green Party 
hopefully what that will mean is that the core support of all of those parties essentially evaporates. Yep. We have to move towards a system of proportional representation, which mm-hmm. the bigger picture then becomes that whoever you cast your vote for, that vote actually counts as actually a vote. It means something. And that's that kind of has to have started with, as horrible as it was, with um, the Lib Dems actually having some success because that was so unimaginable for so many years so that then became a three party and now with UKIP and Green no matter how much you despise one or the other it's still a better thing that there's a wider spread and it's representing because a UKIP, yeah, I but, hate, but I understand why a lot of people I went to school with yeah. are going to agree with what yeah. they're saying. I can see that, and that's not... Or it is an insult to a lot of people I went to school with, but, <laughs> but it's, you know, I can see why that's happening. And thus, it's great that... Or, or just... I'm not even... It's, it's great. I'm not even going to comment either way. It's l- logic that there should be a version on the other side that comes yeah. up and goes, right, actually, five years ago, it'd be ridiculous to think a party like UKIP could have any relevance or say but they have yeah. so although five years ago it was ludicrous that a party like the Green Party would have I mean and again it's true I'm sure they'll it will pain them to hear this but five years ago you wouldn't have taken a Green vote seriously as a vote to mean I mean it would, yeah. it would be a protest vote it yeah. would be a, well, an ideals Brighton, vote five or years ago they got Caroline yeah, Lucas no, yeah, in that's a good point so, but, so but, again, I mean, it's depends. especially but, but that's exactly my point is that if you live in Whitney right you live in Whitney you live in the woods because you're, you know, you realise this planet is being pillaged and yep. Mother Gaia, you know, is like needs defending, yeah. right? But you live in Whitney, so whatever you think, David Cameron's going to get in. It's a yeah. safe Tory yeah, seat. Yeah, yeah. So suddenly, what does your what is your opinion worth? Yeah. Fuck all. Yeah. Equally, there's forty four thousand, you know, active now members of the Green Party. Yeah. That's outstripped UKIP, so I guess they must be on like 42,000 or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you can enjoy the Sounds of Adventure time one more, once more. Um, <laughs> the uh, All of those votes will come in. Clearly, those policies are being backed by growing numbers of people and mm. people who are largely dispossessed from the uh, rhetoric of the mainstream. But only one of those parties will then get in. Yeah. And so all of those other opinions, it, there is never going to be a party in power. And you think how destructive this, you know, this coalition has been, and that's yeah. even a coalition. Even that's, but even they don't have a majority yeah. in terms of actually being voted for by most people in this country. I mean, a demonstration of, 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 of how ludicrous the kind of system, in a way, obviously it's a slightly different system, is was with the um, Scottish... A referendum. The fact that it was won by a fifty-five percent thing—that means forty-five percent of people aren't happy, and uh, uh, their voice is being ignored. That's that's insane. That's not. That's yeah. That's unimaginable that that can be the case. So it shows how 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 ludicrous that is. It's not a ten percent minority that want to dance in the fields and be it's like no there's huge proportions that are coming in now that aren't going to be represented under the current system of democracy we we exist under so yeah well that's it and i think uh you know and this sometimes can be poison in the well but for for me at least spirituality aside what russell brand's really saying is these are just the facts Mm. 
the rich throughout the age of austerity, the rich got richer. That's the only thing. Yeah. That's like the headline. Just just sit down in a room for 10 minutes and think about that. Yeah. At this time this where everyone's fact. been like, we've had to you know, tighten our belts and we've had to close some hospitals and some mm. of those schools have had to go because of, you know, it's tough all over, right? And we just all sort of have to accept like, well, you know, they've got a point. There it was that tough. big global clash, yeah, yeah. you know, crash rather. It, it did go a bit wrong, yeah, all right, fair enough, yeah, I can accept that. Mm. The rich got richer. Yeah. The whole fucking thing is a lie. Yeah. They've, mm. they, what they've done is they've funneled the money up. There was a big global financial crash, and all the people with loads of money went, oh, shit, I just lost a load of cash. Better get some back. Yeah. And got some back uh, from us. Uh, let's get it off them poor people. Yeah. yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. It's insanity. And if you're an atheist, which I am, then you're kind of bored. There's this idea that we're this insignificant ball spinning around an insignificant star in an insignificant part of an insignificant galaxy in what may even prove to be an insignificant universe. Yeah. Who decided that these people got to have it all their way? Yeah, yeah. We're, we were all here from the same process of random chance. Yes. But the game no is rigged. that divine them the right to be there. Why are we allowing them to be? Why are we all going, fair, fair play, though? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, you know, there is that magic family with the big gold hat, and everywhere they go, we all, like, bow and yep, clap. Yeah, yeah. And when they have a baby, we're all like, what are you doing? Yeah, and all the yeah. papers, they won't tell you about Boko Haram or... yeah. You know, um, that any effort to end the kind of mafia system that runs the British press, mm. you know, might need to be readjusted or looked at. Yeah. No, 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 no. Magic Baby was born. Yeah. Oh, right. I mean, I think that's where they're going to gradually, and um, even if we don't overthrow, they're going to gradually lose their strength, or at least a lot of their power in the media is from Twitter, from podcasts, from the general, and, and things like. I like the trues. Again, a love or hate brand, he's getting hundreds of thousands of people listening yeah. to news that couldn't be reported in that way. And again, it could be as biased as yeah. in one direction as, as Fox or whoever is in the other. But still, that's a voice that wasn't previously heard. And I'm all for that. I think yeah, that's, that's you know, it. it's a good thing that it's. Well, because it's nobody else is being, doing it. Yeah. And I mean, to, to really undermine this and bring it right back to stand up where it all Let's. started, right? There's a website called Chortle. Yeah. Chortle is now like the biggest stand up comedy website yeah. in the UK. A powerful as hell, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, it has quite a lot of clout. Yeah. When it first started, the guy that ran it was just out five nights a week seeing comics, he'd write reviews, and the problem that people had was that these reviews like stuck around. Yeah. So three years later as a comic, you're probably a different comic to the comic you were yeah, three years yeah. ago. But anyone Googling your name might only have found you. That short review. Yeah. And that's what you know, that's what it's gonna go on. The thing that always came down for me was if you don't like it, start your own website. Start your own, do your own. Yeah, yeah. And I think whatever else you think, that's true democratization. Yeah. Sky want to tell you that by having loads of channels, that's democratization. Yeah, but it all channels back all to controlled you. Controlled by the same person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you wanted to make it democratic, give everyone a camera or just let anybody yeah. on have a channel and you broadcast them all, yeah. which arguably is sort of what the internet it, now it's, is. It's, it's that, it's that realization that you can't only have issue with or you can't only agree with a system when it works for you or disagree when it doesn't so that exact thing of if you're not happy with that review sadly that was someone's opinion of your thing if you know start your own thing start more things encourage more people to start things um a a friend of mine again it was a, a a green party supporting friend 
did a post um, on Facebook a while ago saying how um, Cameron had come out and said that the Green Party sh- should be represented in the debates and was saying, well, you know, if the Prime Minister says they should, sh- surely they should. <laughs> and I'm not on Facebook because I'm not into that public display of yeah. arguing. I p- p- privately messaged him and said, you know, that's fucked up, right? Because you're saying that because it's in your favour, you're saying he should have a say. So equally, if he said the Green Party should never be allowed to have a say, you'd have to then support that because yeah. you supported it when you felt he should have the right of direct veto over who is and who isn't involved. <laughs> yeah. So you you can't just go on that just because it's in your favour because one day it won't be and yeah. you'll suddenly be like, shit, no, that's wrong. That's not fair because it's against me. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was a, a nice cheery end of the podcast. Where can people keep Hell up to date on what your plans are Twitter. and the future? And it's at Rufus Hound. Is yeah. there any underscores or anything cheeky in there? Just keep it old school. Gold. No, th- the real Rufus Hound or, or <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like all that stuff. But yeah, so at Rufus Hound. And yeah, thank you for coming on and thank you for chatting. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope it's it flown by. This is, is one of our longest ones, I think, because it's just. It's flown by. Well, I, I'm, I'm. If you made it this far, thank you. <laughs> yes, I'm flattered th- thank that you, you would want to listen through. to this. <laughs> Cheers. You've been listening to Scrooge's Pits. That was episode 18 with Rufus Hound. I hope you enjoyed it. It was lovely to get down and sit and chat with him. It's only occurred to me now as I'm recording these intros, that's probably the first time me and Rufus have actually talked. We've chatted on Twitter. We've kind of given each other a wave or been in a similar group of people at festivals and stuff like that. But never, it, it's weird because you forget, <laughs> I don't know, you can get to know people digitally now and not realise you've not actually met. So that was actually our first meeting. Um, hope you enjoyed it. We've got an absolutely stacked amount of guests coming up. I can't tell you them all. And Next week's is very exciting. I think the week after has is the most requested guest, so I'll tell you that at the end of next week's because I'm a tease. But next week... We've got Mr. Nick Frost. Um, I know a lot of you have been requesting this for a long time, from before the Simon Pegg one, but particularly since the Simon Pegg one. He's one of my... I, I, I love him more than, than... or as much as anyone in the world. So please tune in for that. The best way to tune in for that and to support the podcast for free is to subscribe. Um, I know you're probably hearing this and not actually doing it, but it genuinely means a lot on, on Acast and on iTunes if you subscribe and download automatically the functions are all there then it just just really helps us it helps us um, sell ourselves to sponsors who are the ones that will pay for you to be listening to this for free Um, it helps us climb up the iTunes chart um, because if you subscribe you see there's a, a whole bunch will all be downloaded at midnight and all be downloaded together and them all being together is what's key because it jumps you up the charts catches the attention of people who haven't heard of the podcast before and that really works well so if you could subscribe that would be just fantastic um also if you could spread the word i mean it's really a word of mouth thing i truly truly it's blown my mind already how many people are downloading these thousands and thousands are downloading these every week so it means the world but please tell your friends about it um a lot of people don't uh, a lot of people i've got a friend who recently said that they don't really understand podcasts if 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 anyone you know has ever downloaded any music or listened to anything 
digitally then they understand podcasts they just don't know yet so if you can spread the word that'd be hugely appreciated um what else was I going to say? There was one last. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm trying to do these. If you enjoyed this, maybe you'll enjoy it at the end. So if you enjoyed this one uh, with Mr. Rufus Hound, I'd suggest going back to episode f- 15, maybe, and listening to the Stuart Lee uh, interview, or episode f- 14 with Josie Long. Um, you know, comedians being the the theme there i'd also recommend number 11 with simon Pegg, um or even going all the way back to number one with russell brand obviously me and rufus talk about comedy and politics here so russell brand is a, a perfect one for that so um check him out and check all of them out um subscribe now and we'll be back next week with the one and only mr nick frost and we will be asking all the questions that you're hoping for as well that's kind of the thing that i really enjoyed a, a about the reaction to the Simon Pegg interview that we talked to him about Big Train and about Space and about, you know, Shaun of the Dead and everything rather than just the big things that have happened recently or Star Trek or whatever. And we got into all of that too, fear not, but it's going to be similar with Nick, hopefully. I'm going to go down as many paths and routes and avenues as possible. So see you all next week. Thank you very much for tuning in. My name is Scroobius Pip. You can find me at Scroobius Pip Yo on Instagram or Twitter or facebook.com slash Scroobius Pip or even scroobiuspip.co.uk. In fact, at scroobiuspip.co.uk, you can go and play a game um, where you tap the space bar or the button on the screen to make my beard grow and it grows so long it lifts me off the ground and then you have to, to, to balance me and see how high you can make my beard grow and that is for free ladies and gentlemen that is the most untapped area of the internet people do not know about the wonderful free fun at scroobiuspip.co.uk so you'll probably be playing that from now until next week please try and get off it in time for nick frost on the distraction pieces podcast See you next week.